0: everyone we wanted to tell you about a new show we are loving the culture study podcast with ann helen peterson it's a show about exploring the nooks and crannies of the culture that surrounds you each week ann and a super smart co-host answer listeners questions about the stuff they find interesting and perplexing like why do clothes suck now is pop patrol copaganda or is it not that deep and what's the deal with everyone i know getting a divorce like ann's tremendously popular newsletter the culture study podcast is funny insightful and kind of weird and it's guaranteed to help you become the most interesting person at parties listen to the culture study podcast every wednesday wherever you get your shows It's a little bit scary, <laughs> and she yells at adults, For sure. and I am quivering. Got him! Boom! Roasted. Zombie, cannibal, vampire mom. A bunch of chuckleheads. I hope you don't have plans to spend time with literally anyone else. Text me back. Text me back. Text me back. Text me back at once. Why won't you text me back? Welcome to Text Me Back, a podcast about best friendships, the best animals, and the worst people. I'm Lindy West. And I'm Megan Hatcher-Mays. Today, in honor of Valentine's Day, a totally real holiday, full of love and smooches, we are releasing a little Valentine's bonus to our listeners who we are in love with, and not platonically. We love you all romantically, which is why we have gotten you this gift. Lindy, (laughs) would you like to share what it is? I sure would, Megan. It's our long-awaited Lord of the Rings bonus episode. Light the beacons! Now, you might be saying, why now? A, of all, that Lord of the Rings episode you did came out last year. And B, of all, Lord of the Rings famously one of the least romantic movies ever made, containing, hear me out, (laughs) only three women... (laughs) <laughs> Three to four, possibly, and almost no smooching and mostly it's just men running around hitting each other. However, however, counterpoint, the men are cute uh-huh. and the girls are cute and sometimes the romance isn't about what's going on on screen, mm-hmm. but about what's going on in your heart as the viewer. Mm-hmm. Also, gay Hobbits exist, and sometimes go on a trip together. <laughs> I thought that was the end of the sentence. Gay, <laughs> but more specifically, there's some sort of Lord of the Rings assance happening right now mm-hmm. all over the nation in our nation's movie theaters. That's so true. <laughs> A Lord of the rings assance is the word that many people are using. Theaters all over this great nation of ours, all over Middle Earth, are doing screenings of the Lord of the Rings trilogy this month. In Seattle, one theater downtown is dedicating the whole month to these movies. It's called Sif Cinema, although I knew it as Cinerama, but now it has a different name. Still, you should go there and watch the films. In New York, Radio City Music Hall is screening The Two Towers with a freaking orchestra. So maybe I'll take the Acella up there and have a gander at that. That sounds amazing. So fun. You know, we've said it before and we'll say it again. There's literally nothing that this podcast loves more than cozying up with multiple hours of hobbits walking. Mm-hmm. And February is as cozy and cold a month as any. So whether you love Valentine's Day or you hate Valentine's Day, you think it's stupid or fake uh, or whatever, this bonus episode is our way of saying, beloved Dear ones, let's spend this day together, hold up on our respective couches, uh, running our fingers through each other's foot fur, absorbed in a fantasy world with many, again, many hot people. One might say exclusively, uniformly hot people. Name one that's not hot. Return of the King, more like Return of the Babes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, much like Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson, Lindy and I have 13 hours worth of unused Lord of the Rings podcast material that we are going to now force you to listen to in totality. No, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be releasing the 13 hours in little snippets over the course of the calendar year of 2024. (laughs) No, no, we're not going to do that either. But we are going to start with something that got taken out with our beautiful friend, Tyler Beret, our wizard, in a segment we called Ask a Wizard. Okay, for this segment, we compiled questions both from Lindy and my own brains and also questions from some of our listeners uh, to ask the wizard. Are you ready, wizard, for some deep lore questions about Lord of the Rings? So ready. Okay. Can I ask a, a, a preliminary question of the wizard that I just thought of? I just want to know... All the wizards in Lord of the Rings, they each have a color. Gandalf the gray, slash white, Saruman the white, Radagast the brown, and then of course the mysterious blue wizards, who I only know about because Tyler told me. What color wizard are you, Tyler the wizard? I think
1: red is my favorite color, and since it's not taken, bam.
0: Do you have a wizard name, or do you want to just be Tyler the red? Tyrandeer. (laughs) Tyler Stormcrow. Let's go. Let's go, Wizard. Come on, Wizard.
1: Tyrandeer is pretty good.
0: All right. Tyrandeer (laughs) the red. Okay, Megan, kick us off. Okay, Wizard. This was our top listener question for you. We got it a lot. Let's dispense with it quickly. And perhaps indignantly, why didn't the Eagles including King of the Eagles, Guahir, just fly the Fellowship into Mordor and dispense of the ring immediately. They all get their own eagle and fly into Mordor. Wizard, what say you?
1: It's a great question.
0: It's nice of you to say.
1: I don't believe that anyone would be able to have the willpower to willingly destroy the ring. I just rewatched Fellowship... And in the very beginning, they show, you know, Isildur and Elrond there in Mount Doom. And Elrond's like, just do it, Isildur. And he looks at Elrond, he's like, no. Like, you're like, you you fool. (laughs) Like, not only is this going to kill you, but it's going to cause so much pain and suffering. That is not a plot hole. It's all totally satisfactorily wrapped up in Tolkien's story, but only if you get into some of the things he wrote after the Lord of the Rings, not in the appendix. So (laughs) he essentially... That's why you
0: bring the wizard. That's why you need a wizard.
1: (laughs) Great. He said that just the pull of the ring was so Mm. strong that nobody, Frodo, Bilbo, Gandalf, Elrond, Sauron himself, if he so desired, none of them would have had the will... To actually do it to to
0: to clarify to actually cast the ring into the fires of Mount Doom,
1: yes, and so you know the kerfuffle that happens between Frodo and Gollum that's kind of like what you needed mm-hmm. you needed some sort of zigzag in order to actually make it happen because if Gollum wasn't there, Frodo would have done the same
0: thing that Isildur Mm -hmm. did. I think that's such a good answer, Tyler. I really appreciate that. Because it is like, yes, you need the complication of Gollum at the end. But also, I think Frodo really needs to go through a trial to really understand the gravity of what he's doing. And you don't really get that if you're getting like deuce ex machina into Mount Doom by a giant eagle. Totally. But here's my question for the wizard. I understand what you've just explained from a storytelling perspective. Why is it necessary for the book? But- If you are Gandalf in the moment, what does the journey accomplish? Are are we just trusting Gandalf's intuition here, essentially? Like, he's having this intuition about the Hobbit. Like, he's like, I feel like this Hobbit can do
1: this. I think that we can, yes. But I think Gandalf's intuition is coming from on high, right? You know, Gandalf is a demigod, but he doesn't know it at the start of the book, Mm. But we are led to believe that when he fights the Balrog, who is also an equal level demigod, right, quite a freaking fight, and they both die, when he is resurrected as Gandalf the White, we are led to believe that he has some greater Mm -hmm. idea of where he's coming from. And I think that he may not have known exactly how things were going to go down in the the Temple of Doom. Let's talk about that. That's a (laughs) truly problematic movie. Another episode. (laughs) But Gandalf might not have known exactly what was going to go down in Mount Doom, but I think he might have had a sense. I feel like Gandalf knew that no individual, including himself, would have the will to destroy the ring. So I think he kind of finessed, he created a situation whereby Gollum would be there along with the hobbits
0: oh right gandalf pulled the strings Mm, of gold being there that is genius i thought the wizard i mean hubris of me to think that i could predict the wizard's answer i thought you were just going to be like oh they can't send the eagles because sauron has the nazgul who can just go bite the eagles out of the sky and (laughs) you know well that too Make him crash, like Sauron has a perhaps even mightier airborne force, and I was like, oh, it just. Whereas, if you have a if you have a tiny little hobbit just creeping along the ground, that's much harder well, to find. I think
1: that Sauron, as the creator of the Ring, he probably knows just as well as anyone else that nobody would have the willpower to be able to destroy it. So I think that's that explains why he's just leaving Mount Doom unguarded, regardless of whether he's got an air uh, force or not. Sp-
0: Speaking of hubris. (laughs) Okay. So next question. This comes from a listener named Lindy West. So my question is, why is Sauron even on the battlefield fighting in person, putting himself in danger of getting his fingers cut off by Isildur in the first place? Why not stay in your tower and be sneaky and command from afar?
1: So Sauron has like a few different phases so in the first age he's definitively morgoth's henchman and he actually lives at a separate castle called like called the isle of werewolves or something like <laughs> that. The, the the nerdy satis- hopefully satisfying answer to this is that Sauron really went through some phases so he was a definitive henchman in the first age and what's really interesting is that at the end of the First Age, there is a huge deus ex machina moment, like the, <laughs> the war of wrath. The gods actually come back to Middle-earth to finally beat down Morgoth, and they take him away in chains, and they take him out of the world, like he's in some, like, ether. Uh, that sounds nice. But Sauron, who was known to be his Hetchman, survives the, the punishment. They're like, where's Sauron? And he's like, I don't know, he's not here. And so... Then during the second age, Sauron is like kind of lurking and he's being deceitful. And then he gets the ring fashion and he's having a moment, right? He's like, I'm the powerful guy. I survived the war of wrath. And I made this ring, and so now I'm going to be like my old boss Morgoth and lead the people into battle, right? And be the dude with the huge mace. And I think he, you know, that was his moment, and he didn't, he didn't realize that he was not invulnerable.
0: Dare I say, the reason that Sauron's out on that battlefield is daddy issues, Papa. Sure, he's like I. Want to please Papa Morgoth.
1: Who's just watching him from somewhere outside the bounds of the universe. He's
0: watching from on Ether TV. (laughs) This is actually not a question for the wizard. It's more of a question for Dr. Tyler. More of a meta question that came from a listener from Berlin. Wow. This listener asks about getting his partner to watch the Lord of the Rings movies. Not because his partner is not into Lord of the Rings. They're actually very into the books as is Dr. Tyler, but not so much interested in the movies, what do we say to that person about whether or not the movies are worth their time?
1: What's really interesting about those of us our age is that we are just old enough to have have had a chance to enjoy the books, and then the movies came out when we were in, what, high school and... Into college. Yeah. And so, like, I remember having a conversation about this exact issue with another person we went to high school with, Jake M, I'll say, good buddy, somebody who (laughs) has a really vivid visual imagination. And I remember him saying... I was disappointed when I saw the movies Mm. because the landscapes that I imagined in my head were more incredible and vivid and bombastic than what Peter Jackson created. And I remember telling him myself, like, wow, good job, Jake's imagination. Because for me, (laughs) I had this whole universe in my brain from reading the books, but the, what Peter Jackson put on to film, I thought, really, to me, enhanced my understanding and my love mm. of that universe.
0: That's really oh, nice. So, that's but, nice.
1: But it's going to be different for everybody, I think, you know.
0: By the way, I totally get not wanting to see a big media production of something because your own mind has kind of created a world for itself or whatever it is you've been reading. But really, the movies are their own But it's hard. Like when you're so devoted and you so love something that you've read, it's hard to be like, ugh, they took out the part. I love that part and they took out that part or that didn't match up with how I think. So I think really to answer our Berlin friend, she might not ever want to. And that's okay because what she's invented in her mind is beyond Peter Jackson's baby mind Mm. to understand. Not even New Zealand Mm -hmm. could hold a candle to her brain palace. And I think that's amazing. Good for her. Good for them. (laughs) Wizard, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, Before you go, we have one bonus listener question. What is your ideal second breakfast? Eleven Zs, if you prefer. Wizard.
1: Gosh. Well, I mean, (sighs) huevos rancheros. That's that's pretty good. I mean, bacon, anything with bacon has got to be... But really, maybe it's because I have been uh, i have been away from the West Coast for a few months now. But can I say double-double at In-N-Out? Yeah, you can. Because that's maybe my favorite food of all time.
0: I'm pretty sure there is an In-N-Out in Rohan. So yeah, you could say double-double. <laughs> wow, what an honor to have a wizard here wow. in One studio. One of Middle Earth's preeminent wizards. Thank you.
1: I will say I'm a bit of a wizard with DNA in real life.
0: If any of you need a plant disease uh, identified or some DNA sequence... You know who to call. Yeah, you are a real scientist. And in fact, truly a leader in your field. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm glad that we had you on to talk about Morgoth. (laughs) Please name the next mushroom you discover Morgothia irregularis or something. Name it Lil Morgoth.
1: There are like a ridiculous number of organisms named after Tolkien characters. I'm sure there's something named after Morgoth. That
0: doesn't surprise me at all. Coming up bad guys deserve love too. So with that in mind, we're gonna play our own special evil, spicy, naughty version of F. Mary Kill and more with every single villain in Middle Earth. Not the married ones, just the single ones. We're not home wreckers. Guess what? Text Me Back is going live. Friday, March 15th, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at Town Hall, Seattle. We'll talk about our favorite animals, our least favorite people. We'll share our tidings, play a game or two, and maybe even bring some songs and other surprises for this special live podcast event. You can check kow.org for events or check the show notes for today's show. See you then, besties. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as, number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you
1: KUOW listeners want answered, and two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the
0: SoundSide podcast. Welcome back, beloveds. We are now going to revisit a game that brought in some of our most passionate listener responses, including from our illustrious bosses at KUOW, who said things like, I'm passionate about you never doing this again. Sometimes passion (laughs) is a bad thing. (laughs) Yep, that's right. It's time for FMKHFDYTH, the classic game, Lord of the Rings style. Uh, This time, though, you may have heard on Episode 7, we played this game, this romantic, beautiful game with the nine members of the Fellowship. But now we're doing it again with the villains of the tale. So here are the villains, just as a reminder. We got Saruman and Wormtongue, package deal. That's a thruple. We got Gollum. We got Shelob. Shelob? Okay. We got Shelob. We got Lurtz. She's French. <laughs> uh, Shelob. Um, might want to pick hair for Ultimate Romance. Ooh. Okay. Um, Lurtz, who is that uh, ripped orc mm, with mm, mm, the high mm. pony. Witch King of Angmar, Sauron, Denethor, lobelia sackville baggins and balrog but of course we're not just effing Ming, and k we have loads more options too and here they are fmk of course the classics h hurt their feelings f freaky friday mind swap d do karaoke with and which song a classic question for the ages Y, you kill a spider and then have to listen to them condescendingly explain that spiders are good, actually, because they eat bugs. T, their hair becomes your pubes. And H, hire as your manservant as punishment for your favorite son's death. Also, keep in mind, we originally recorded this beautiful segment around Christmas time, so there's a little reference to that season during the game. Although, if you think about it, Christmas is forever. So, Let's get started. Lindy, would you like to kick us off with who you would F? Sure. I'm F'ing the Witch King of Angmar, baby. He's tall. He's mysterious. He's got a flying worm. (laughs) Got it all. (laughs) He's got it all, man. I love that guy. The, I, I'm the witch queen of Angmar now. I don't know where Angmar is, but I mean, you're just effing. You haven't oh, like. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're just effing. I'm not the queen. That's fine. You're that's even better. I'm the consort of Angmar. which consort of Angmar. I chose Lurtz. I want to hmm. eff Lurtz. Okay, I love it. He's a hottie with a naughty body, uh, very muscly, very strong. He's insane for sure. Yeah, but this <laughs> is just about effing. This isn't about anything more than that. And he he's got good aim. So (laughs) let's go. And one thing I know about you, you love a high pony. And he's got like a look, you know, he's got like, he's got the white hand of Saruman on his face. Little, little, you know, makeup. It's handsome. Dare we say metrosexual. He's well-groomed. Which everyone's still looking for. That's a current reference. He's dressing to like, you know, show off his assets. I think his legs are his best asset. Mm. He wears a loincloth. I love it. <laughs> hey, Lars, call me boo. Uh, okay, number dose. Megan, who do you marry? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the Witch King of Angmar because I chose him to marry. Uh, truly for all the same reasons that you chose him to F. He's, yeah. he's got a Nazgul. He's got a cool <laughs> hat. Uh, he's very well spoken. He like, writes poetry, I assume. He gets got on a technicality, which is makes him stupid. For people who don't know, the Witch King of Angmar is the one on the battlefield who's like, no man can kill me. And then Eowyn says, I am no man. And she like slices his hand, head off or something. Anyway, she kills him. And Mary also, because Mary's technically not a man, Mary's a halfling. So he stabs him in like the Achilles. Yeah. And Eowyn kills him. And I was like, what an idiot. But that's fine. He could still be my husband. So you can be his consort, and I will be his queen. Uh, Okay, I'm marrying... Sauron (laughs) Uh, which form is he in during your ceremony the hot form he no he's in his hot sneaky form he's in his hot sneaky form we're getting married I am I'm ready for Sauron to die at some point yeah then I inherit like half the world which I will rule benevolently I'll turn it over to the people I'll do it right whatever that is I'll do I'll do socialism with it Look, and I'm not saying that I'm going to m- kill him. I'm not hashtag women who kill or whatever. I'm not snapped. I'm not a woman of snapped. But, uh, you know, he's he's kind of he's got to die or else the fantasy t- doesn't function. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the villain yeah. has to die. So that's not my fault. And once he's gone, I'm going to do some major renovations mm-hmm. in Mordor. Yeah. And we're going to make Wait. it nice. You can get a, a house renovation show on the Magnolia Network with Chip yes, and Joanna. exactly. Yeah. So yes, cool. me and Chip and Jojo, me and Chip and Jojo could be a thruple. You could turn the tower into us into a silo bed and breakfast. It'll be really charming. Yes. See, okay, this is all. See, this is the right choice. Yeah, Number me- three, who we kill? Okay, Lindy. Who are you? Who are you kaying? Who are you killing? I think you can guess, Megan. This is such an obvious choice. I'm obviously have to kill Lobelia Sackville Baggins. Oh, I want that was not that is unexpected because I hate hobbits. <laughs> and and i'm a misogynist (laughs) the depth of your hatred for the poor halflings is really something i'm doing a bit but like yeah okay but however though they are annoying and lobelia okay i feel like everyone else on this list has some motivation to be evil lobelia is just like mean like she's just like is a bad person for no reason she's like a conniving materialist yeah. you know she's just kind of stinks i don't yeah. like that how about you yeah i to kill i chose as how i thought you were gonna say i i chose shelob i don't like spiders and i don't care what they do for the ecosystem they stink and shelob in particular is really stressful and mean and she's not good for the ecosystem because she just eats nice guys no she eats orcs because I guess she's, that's right. she's tired of filthy orc meat, and that's why she's so hungry for the sweet hobbit. Okay, so technically, Shelob is perhaps good for the ecosystem, but I don't care for her. I think she's got insanely bad vibes. Her little hovel is so stinky, so gross. She's just a, yeah. she's stressful, and I don't like. I don't like her. I don't like spiders of any size. Uh, yeah. Although in my real life, I generally I generally do not kill spiders. I usually do the cup method sh- and shoe them outside. But Shelob, I would make an exception for because her vibes are so rancid. Well, there's not a big enough cup, and also she's already outside. You know, so I don't like her. She's got to go. Next, we have Freaky Friday mind swap. Who you who you swapping? Uh interestingly enough, I chose. Saruman and Wormtun? <laughs> it's, a, it's a twofer. You could mind swap with two people at once and it's like, that could be interesting. What's going on there? Um, but also, like, maybe if you mind swap with both of them, you could destroy them both at once. I don't mm. know. I—I didn't. It's not a fully formed thought. But also, Saruman, again, he is a wizard. And I'm just like, if my brain is in a wizard's body, what could I accomplish? You could hurt their feelings from the inside. Exactly. Give them low self-esteem. Correct. That's right. Uh, well, I picked denethor <laughs> and not just because i was running out of options the thing i'm wondering about myself playing this game is that uh, apparently i am a power hungry m- madman because every single one i'm like like i was like oh if i if my brain went into denethor's body i'm the steward of gondor and I could do it right, you know, <laughs> like then De- Den- Denethor's crappy brain could take my crappy body and like toddle away and go do what, like work for the New York Times or whatever. I would kill to read Denethor and Lindy's body's New York Times column about like radical body acceptance or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. I would kill. I would kill. Yeah, he- he'd have to learn fast. Okay. Karaoke and which song? I picked Lertz. Ooh, yes. I could just hear that voice. And I picked a classic duet for the season. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Say, what's in that drink? exactly <laughs> i would kill she to see that I, I really really would you were gonna kill she anyway. i was gonna kill her anyway for karaoke i picked uh lobelia sackville wagons separate ways by journey because <laughs> i think she needs to get out of here go away i just like wanted to receive a message from our duet um someday lobelia love will find you break those chains that bind you one night will remind you <laughs> how we touched and went our separate ways and now you must leave stop taking bilbo's doilies and get out get out so that's who i picked oh that's gonna be a fun night (laughs) that's the night that you go f lurts, and then i lure lobelia away and Oops. Another wonderful Friday evening in Bag End. Okay, what's next? You kill a spider and then have to listen to them condescendingly explain that spiders are good, actually, because they eat bugs. Who have you chosen? I chose the Balrog. Here is my logic. Because it would sound like this. Uh, like it doesn't talk. I it chose doesn't the Balrog talk. for exactly that reason just a fire demon he doesn't talk he doesn't speak in the movie. i don't know if he even has the power of speech but it would just be so funny like just flames flying (laughs) off of his angry horns he's trying to communicate with you that they're good for they're good for the garden that's actually so cute that just made me want to marry the balrog what a cutie (laughs) oh god he just cares too much you know (laughs) okay their hair becomes your pubes let's try let's say it at the same time one two three gollum, gollum. <laughs> he's mostly bald except for like four yeah. strands so i just was like just for ease of maintenance i was like it's got to be gall like who else could it be you know <laughs> <It's gotta> be- <laughs> i mean it's so it's honestly like a great choice like it's a gorgeous choice yeah it's it's just gonna be stunning absolutely stunning and then, finally, <laughs> hire is your manservant as punishment for your favorite son's death. Megan, who did you choose? I chose Denethor. Give him a taste of his own medicine, mm. that that dirty rat. You know what <laughs> I mean? He deserves it. I mean, it's so obvious. It's like, you are a weird jerk. I, listen, I know we have opposing views on Pippin, but Denethor is very mean to him for no reason. Well, just because he's gone mad. Over his son. I mean, look. I'm sure. I know he's grieving. I get it. We all grieve in different ways. Leave Pippin out of it, freak. Leave him alone. Now you're gonna. Now you're gonna light Faramir on fire. He's while well, he's still alive. Boo, boo. You will be bringing me tomatoes on a platter, my good man. I have chosen Denethor. I support that choice. I think that's a good choice. And I also think that I'm inconsistent with my feelings. Like as mm. we know, I, I, I condemn and defend Pippin in the same breath. So. <laughs> um And you know, Denethor, you're still responsible for the actions mm-hmm. that you take, even if they're the result of mental illness. You still have to make amends for them. You have to be accountable for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, isn't that true? Totally. Who'd you pick? I picked Shelob. I just thought it'd be funny. To have Shelob <laughs> scuttling around. <laughs> yeah, bringing me my robe and slippers, washing and, your feet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, how funny would that be? It would. It's quite the image. Well, I think we can all agree this is the greatest game to ever have been invented by two genius women. Uh, you can play it with your friends. You can play it with your family. It's a game for all ages. I, I, I would say. Yeah, um, definitely all ages. All of the ages. <laughs> and again, I guess this brings to a close another classic round of FMK HFDYTH. thank you so much for spending this day with us this content means a lot to us in many ways it's our valentine to us it's our boyfriend and so are you we love you everyone who's currently listening to this podcast right now is my boyfriend and i love you Thank you. And also my girlfriend and my non-binary friend, (laughs) romantic partner, because this podcast is a safe, inclusive space. We love you so much. We're bringing you a whole new episode tomorrow also. And it's a real one with real people with real brains, such as internet culture journalist Taylor Lorenz, who's going to validate or destroy Megan's conspiracy theory about the Gen Z versus millennial PSYOP. So you don't want to miss that. No, you don't. (laughs) Text Me Back is a production of KUOW in Seattle, a proud member of the NPR Network. Our editor is Jeannie Yandel. Our senior producer is Brandy Fulwood. Our mixer is Jason Burroughs. Diana Bowen makes our video clips, and they are delightful. And I'm not just saying that because we're in them. Go enjoy them at Text Me Back pod on Instagram and TikTok. Our production team includes Michaela Giannotti Boyle, Amelia Peacock, Alicia Villa, Hans Twite. Brendan Sweeney and Marshall Eisen. Our music is by Chief Aha Mayfile J. Oluo. Special thanks to our perfect angel, Isolda Raftery. I'm Lindy West. And I'm Megan Hatcher-Mays. See you next week. The Orcs exhibit lots of social behaviors that indicate <laughs> that they have a complex society and i don't understand what they're doing all the time when there's not a war on yeah like that are they sitting at home playing a board game are there you know, orc like councils cooking a rat stew <laughs> there's clearly orc bureaucracy because there's always an orc with a clipboard being like we don't have enough to (laughs) pay whatever (laughs) you know it's a it's a famous meme the part when the orc is like they decide that they're gonna cannibalize each other and the orc is like looks like meats back on the menu boys implies that orcs have restaurants (laughs) so i feel like there's this this sort of propagandistic flattening of the orc into a binary like black and white villain, which is sure um, problematic. Well, but they are followers of Hit- Hitler Sauron, so it's like oh right, you know they have to. It's like a cult; they have to face accountability. It's an MLM. No, <laughs> they have to fit <laughs> It's Sauron's MLM. Yes, they have to face. That's account- the only thing that makes sense. Oh my god, the crosstalk is really something today. <laughs>